Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Tuesday afternoon and welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and of course on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. We're glad to be with you alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. So much going on, and you can keep up with everything on their website, pearlriverresort.com. C Spire text line is open to you. 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet. It's really fast from C Spire. Check them out, cspire.com slash business. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hello. Good to be with you today. Thank you. Good to be with you as well, Brian Hayden. And that, like every now and then I think you're going to be like, hey, you know, I was thinking and you're just going to like jump in, but it's always no, just hi. Hello, Michael Borking. That would require Haydad to think. Yeah, well. That's dangerous. The, those things don't These always. These things are flammable. Happen. I don't. I don't need my, my headset to catch on fire from the smoke coming out of my ears when that happens. Mm-hmm. But if they ever do happen, oh goodness, we will oh. be we will be ready. That's some good radio. We will be on awful announcing if that happens. I promise. Couple of uh, basketball games tonight involving SEC teams. Kind of a light night from a uh, scheduling standpoint. Kentucky is at South Carolina. That one's a little interesting. South Carolina, fifteen and three overall. They're three and two in the SEC. Kentucky. Coming in four and one in conference play in Missouri, still in search of their first SEC win. Zero and five. That was an NCAA tournament team a year ago, uh, and a lot of pieces back from that team. But um, Kobe Brown not, and they are very different this year. Eight and ten overall. Zero and five in the SEC. Texas A&M trying to even its conference record at three and three. And so that means a busier night tomorrow night with four games headlined by a matchup between Auburn and Alabama. How Alabama is not in the top 25 at this point is crazy because yeah. you look at their net ranking, it's a top 10 ranking. I know the AP top 25 doesn't really matter that much, but still, that's a good basketball team. They, they are one of the 25 best teams in the country, I think. Um, of course, I guess if they hadn't gotten blown out in Knoxville on Saturday, maybe they would have been there. The uh, the other three yeah, games, what, LSU and losses? Georgia. I mean, that's a lot. It is. It is, but that four. I know they have losses to good teams, but 
I mean, they, they are losses. College football is a lot easier to keep up with because there's literally one third of the teams. I don't trust the AP poll voters to to do anything of value hmm. after I see the way they vote in football. So, uh, since basketball is a lot more difficult to keep up with, I mean, what's the point? Yeah, but you would think that they would err on the side of big schools, big conference teams. Oh but- no, no, gosh, no. We got to get cute. Our friends at our friends at D one baseball got a little bit cute with their baseball rankings too. They did. They, they did a little bit. Uh, so so you got New Mexico and Colorado State, a couple of teams in the uh, in the top twenty five. Memphis going in the wrong direction. Utah State's there. I don't know. I don't have a, just a ton of problem with uh, the top twenty five right now. No, it's just it's because of the tournament format and the net. Just doesn't matter. Just doesn't. I mean, if yeah. college football had a net, then then that's all we would focus on too. Until the college football playoff committee started putting rankings out. And I suppose you're right about that. So Alabama would be 29, uh, 29 in the AP poll. Uh, they're in the others receiving votes category. Ole Miss fell out of the top twenty-five once again, and uh, they would be thirty-first right now. So, but again, the AP poll doesn't really matter in college basketball. Uh, Mississippi State tomorrow night on the road against the Florida Gators. Big one, big one, big one for the Bulldogs, who are two and three in the SEC, thirteen and five overall. Quad one opportunity for them on the road. And Ole Miss, they are at home hosting an Arkansas team that has struggled to put it nicely. Arkansas one and four in SEC play. Their only win was over Texas A and M. Midweek last week, last Tuesday night, so a week ago today, was a game that they led big in and then uh, had to hang on for dear life at the end. So Arkansas at Ole Miss, Mississippi State at Florida, LSU, Georgia is the other game in the SEC tomorrow night. What's what's so funny, Hayden? I'm reading the text line here. Did you, did you run into some problems today hosting Gerard show? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> There, there was, there was, there was one, there was one texter. You, why don't you read it? I'm not reading that. I'll read it. Censor the words. Hold on, let me let let. I'll 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 censor the words, but I will read it in the most vile voice I can think of as as, as a state fan trying to talk to Richard. Richard. Is this the same rich Republican, Nikki Haley-loving, Ole Miss beep, whose wife tells him how to vote? Are you that Richard Cross? Asking for a friend. Not now. i got to go back to the text line here and find what occurred. Uh, 1250 is the last text. You can, uh, you can scroll way up. There was, there was a lot. Um, there's a texter that, that kept asking me to call him. And I was like, no, no, not going to do that. Um, it, his text barrage, hey, dad, started at, um, call me 11 a.m. He keeps telling you to call him. Yes. What, what, <laughs> what, what, what is the first, first three here? I, I'm not seeing it. Uh, 731. Very good. Very good. So, so oh. it started oh, with man. one question. Where's Gerard? <laughs> oh. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Ha. You got to oh go all God. the way back and work your way through this. It was, it was, it was something. Ah, uh, otherwise had a good time visiting with uh, with Gerard. 
or, or, or I'm sorry, not visiting with Gerard, but hosting Gerard's show earlier today, um, middays on Super Talk Mississippi. Oof. It was there's was, there's a lot there. There is a, so Dan. Me this thanks. man said thanks. <laughs> he, he he finally gave me his name. Oh. And, Said it was M I C H A E L, and I was like, Michelle, thanks for calling, or thanks for the text messages. <laughs> yes, that's really, what I'm talking about. That's really that's angry at that point. Um, uh, yeah, same, same Richard Dan, Dan in Hattiesburg, jumping on the uh, C Spire text line. Uh, I guess Dan, a Super Talk listener all that's day long. Stuff. So we uh, we appreciate that. Oh that's wow, this guy got uh, got he aggressive. Got into it. Yeah. I yes, tell you to call me all the time. He never does. I have never blocked does. people for far less. There was a there was a string of pretty strong profanity directed in my uh sent in my direction. Yeah. In the uh, Yeah. This man the said Paul Gallo is not conservative. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Wait till he gets okay. a load of me. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Goodness gracious. Uh, so Jaden Daniels <laughs> won the Manning Award. I I don't I guess that was just given out. I didn't realize that there was a uh, Saint Archie What's Manning the hold quote. Up on that? I don't know. Bill Bender had this said Archie January Manning 23rd. on on Jaden Daniels winning the Manning Award. Can't remember many quarterbacks having a greater year than Jaden Daniels had this year carrying the load for the LSU football team. Saw a mock that had him uh, number two. He is shooting up draft boards. Two. I've seen three. I haven't seen two. So that's ahead of Drake May. That's ahead of Drake May. I mean, you've watched them both play. I know the NFL is a different animal, but who would you rather have quarterbacking your team? Drake May. Drake May. Then Daniels? Drake May. In the the NFL, Drake May. In college, What can May do that Daniels can't do? I, I I just I feel more confident about Drake May. Much less I think Josh Allen is a much better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. You can catch me later today on uh, First Things First on Fox. And, uh, yeah, saw, saw that. That's ridiculous. But, I mean, there does Daniels I, I, have a flaw? I think Drake may – Decision-making. I think Drake I think Drake may will be a better pro quarterback than, than Jane Daniels is. There's no, there's see, no question who the better college quarterback was. I, I came around on that throughout the course of the season because I think all of the throws exist there for Jaden Daniels. He's incredibly accurate, big enough, plenty big arm, uh, can make plays with his feet. And when I say decision-making, I'm not talking about where to go with the football. I'm talking about when to avoid hits. Jaden Daniels cannot survive in the NFL taking hits the way he did in college. Do you disagree with that? Uh, yeah, and, and that's something that they can teach, but... You know, my first thought when you said decision making, the first thing you think of is making bad decisions, turning the ball over. He's got 57 touchdowns and seven interceptions in two years in the SEC. That's that's why I explained. That's why I explained what I was saying. I'm talking about self-preservation, business decisions, i.e., life-extending and career-extending decisions. That's the decision making that I'm talking about with Jaden Daniels. Um, maybe they can be taught. Maybe he can uh, avoid the big hit at the next level. Um, Mississippi has added itself to a lawsuit in which it is on the suing end, not on the being sued end, which is always better. I think you would rather be on the suing end than the being sued end. 
um, your your opportunity for success seems to be higher when, when that's the case. We will uh, give you the details. And is this a good thing? We'll talk about that next. Brian Haydad cannot wait. That's coming up in the Pearl River Resort Studio. It's big. Brace yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. You want to be part of the conversation, you can join us on the Ceasefire text line. The number is 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. So, um, mentioned this before the break. Uh, let's talk about it. it. It's an interesting thing. I, I don't know that anything changes with this. But the uh, the state of Mississippi is suing the NCAA. More specifically, the state of Mississippi has enjoined itself in existing in an existing lawsuit against the NCAA. One of now twelve, including Mississippi states. State of Mississippi. Just for clarification yeah, purposes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I would love to know what Mark Keenum thinks about this, but you know, maybe we'll ask him some other day. Uh, Attorney General Lynn Finch, uh, Lynn Fitch, last week had Mississippi join the lawsuit. I think this news was out there, but maybe it was just officially announced in the last day or two. Yeah, when I brought this up to you, you were like, didn't this already happen? It had been long, uh, a poorly kept secret, I suppose. It had been talked about a lot, but the, this was the official announcement yesterday. They joined the suit last week. So the AG's office in Mississippi made the announcement that along with 11 other state attorneys general and the United States Part, uh, Department of Justice, which, by the way, Mississippi joining this lawsuit in the last week is a big deal. The bigger deal is the fact that the DOJ has joined the lawsuit. The Department of Justice and its um, antitrust division has joined this lawsuit against the NCAA challenging transfer eligibility rules as an illegal restraint on college athletes' ability to sell their image and likeness and control their education. General Fitch said the NCAA's transfer eligibility rule unfairly targets and punishes college athletes who pursue education and competitive opportunities at a better-matched school. Students and their parents should be able to direct their education. And for student-athletes, that includes choosing the school that best fits their academic and athletic needs. The NCAA's rule robs students of a significant portion of their college eligibility, hinders the development of their skills, and dramatically impacts their immediate and long-term economic opportunities. I do think that we should press pause here just for a second and remind everyone who might be going, I thought there weren't any transfer rules anymore. And there are not, but that is a temporary situation. 
the NCAA basically said, while we work on the litigation process here, we will suspend all of the transfer rules. You remember that from back at the end of football season when that happened. It's what has allowed players to transfer again, and we're seeing it all over the place, when they have already used their one-time free without penalty transfer, uh, transport. Transfer. Transporting, transferring, same thing. Transformers. Optimus Prime. I think transporting would be the same thing, or roughly the same thing. Teleporting would be different if we were... Jason Statham was the transporter. (laughs) On the 13th of December, Judge John Preston Bailey issued a temporary restraining order, later extended to a preliminary injunction that prohibited the NCAA from enforcing the rule and allowing college athletes to compete without fear of retaliation from the association. The preliminary injunction runs through at least the end of the 23-24 academic year, so that's at least through the College World Series, ensuring that winter and spring athletes can complete their seasons free from the rules restrictions. A trial date has yet to be scheduled. In addition to General Lynn Fitch in Mississippi, attorneys general from Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Minnesota, North Carolina, New York, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, and West Virginia, along with the United States Department of Justice, have filed this lawsuit It is believed to be the first time that the DOJ has signed on to a state-led antitrust lawsuit. So, this means one thing. Uh, Really only means one thing. Because, you know, we can talk about whether or not, you know, you should be getting involved in this or whatever, sure. But the fact is that they are. What this tells you is if you are hoping that there's going to be a reigning in of the portal anytime soon, you are out of luck. It ain't happening. Uh, So if the NCAA tries to add restrictions, they're going to fail. Not only do they fail with legal action from players, but now you've got states and, and the federal government involved in making sure that they cannot restrict athlete movement. It's not going to happen. There is no way that an American court and now American attorneys general, including the one from the state of Mississippi, will look at a situation where an entity can restrict anything involving a student without making them an employee. That's what this tells you, that the NCAA will not be able to reign in the transfer portal until that day comes. That's what this says. That's what this movement is. Yeah. And it's also strength in numbers. This thing tells us. Two things this thing tells us. One is exactly what Michael just laid out. And two is that our government, yet again, has found a way to waste our money. Is it a waste? Job, guys. Yes. This is dumb. Just let the NCAA handle it. Just let it get handled. It's, it's getting handled. They're, they're, because they're that, always, that always works when we just let the NCAA handle it. Does the other side of this work? Does it work when we let the government handle it? No. This is dumb. Our government doesn't need to be involved in college football. There are enough real problems in the world that college football is kind of down my list. I feel like there's just better, way, better ways to spend our money. 
Devil's advocate just for a second. When, sure. when you are the devil. when you jump to the government should be doing other things with their time. Mm-hmm. Is that not a little bit of a narrow view saying people don't have the ability to do more than one thing at once? Have you met our government? Have you met those people? My God, they can't do anything. They literally can't even do one thing at a time. I feel like I'm giving them credit telling them they can do one thing. Congrats, you got one thing done? Gold star. Who do you dislike more, hey, Dad? Government Mm. in its entirety Mm. or sports officials in their entirety? Sports officials, at the end of the day, like, I cheer for these teams, but, like, my life is, my quality of life, it's just in my emotional state, right? I could I could just get over it. The government officials actually hurt people sometimes with the things they do. So, yeah, it's uh, government officials, number one. Just, like, just useless. You know, there are a lot I'm of good people Dale Gribble, work slowly, but sure. There are, there are, but they are vastly outnumbered. There are good people out there. It's the same thing about the world, right? I think the Attorney General of Mississippi, Lynn Fitch, is a good person and has done a lot of good things for Mississippi. But this is, well, she's wasting her time on this one. Just, just, you don't need this. Just, just, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're not helping anybody. Kiffin and, and Levy aren't, aren't begging you to do this. Just, just, Hall's not begging you to do this. Just don't worry about it. Hmm. Or maybe they were. Maybe they did want Mississippi uh, to be involved and on the forefront of this. I doubt it. I just, that's just doubt in my, in my mind on that one. Yeah. It is pretty – I mean, uh, what is it the Austin case that really started all this? I can't remember what the initial yeah. – Oh, wait. It was, no, it was O'Bannon first. O'Bannon, that's the O'Bannon one. O'Bannon got it O'Bannon. started, and then Austin is what NIL opened – really rolling. Yeah. Uh, O'Bannon opened the front on – the NIL side of things. And then Austin further um, gave schools the ability to compensate student-athletes for education-related expenses, I think. And that's kind of what opened the door for schools to pay their athletes an additional, like on top of their scholarship and Pell Grant money and room and board and any other stipends they got, you know, just an additional six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000 a year just in straight cash for them to do with as they please. And it's just continued to gain momentum on top of momentum. And the thing that I keep going back to is like the, the, like the most common refrain is this isn't sustainable. And I keep asking the question, are we sure? Or are we sure it's not sustainable? Because so far it has sustained itself. Because the truth of the matter is when you open the market to it, allow it to become a kind of a free market system, which this is, we've got a lot of history that tells us that free markets work. And they figure out how to work. It's kind of the nature of them. Super Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? Sports Talk Mississippi.
See if I can throw you a curveball. The Borky wrote the headline, The State of Mississippi is Suing the NCAA. You heard me correctly. Let me rewrite the headline. The State of Mississippi is Suing Mississippi State, Southern Miss, and Ole Miss. You heard me correctly. Yeah, that that is among a few oh, hundred other schools. Accurate. Yeah, yeah. What what do you mean, Richard? Well, what is the NCAA? They are quick to tell us. It's disingenuous, but they are quick to tell us the NCAA is simply an organization that is a collection of its membership. That is a cop-out from the leadership of the NCAA. Of course. Their ineptitude in leading the organization is, is the problem. But... At the, at the corporate level of the NCAA, they, they do receive their marching orders from the schools that make up the National Collegiate Athletics Association. And there are several hundred schools at the Division One, Division Two, and Division Three level that make up the NCAA. Now there is, uh, there is discord among the members. There is angst within the ranks of the membership. There is a hearty recognition among members and leadership alike that not everybody is the same. Not everybody looks the same, not everybody sounds the same, and not everybody has the same purchasing power. Not anywhere close. But when it comes down to it, Mississippi, Colorado, the District of Columbia, Illinois, Minnesota, North Carolina, New York, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, and West Virginia, along with the United States Department of Justice, the attorneys general of all of those states, along with the DOJ, are in effect suing the schools in their own state. Now, they say they're doing it on behalf of the student-athletes. I guess... Ultimately, they are. But I think that reminder is important to realize how messed up the system is that we are in. Yeah, I mean, it, we, 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 had the, we had the president of the NCAA tell us a few months back, if you don't like the rule, the NCAA is made up of its members. Change it. Oh, yeah, because that's easy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's easy to do. Especially when you have Ohio State and Texas with $200 million athletic budgets, and then you've got Presbyterian College who was just hoping to keep the lights on. And the same rules dictate both of those schools and all of their athletes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that structure in and of itself is so flawed. Could you imagine having the NBA, for example... Also governing the Turkish Sea League. Like, not even the best players in Turkey, but like the three steps below the best players in Turkey. That's what we're talking about here. You've got the NBA, which is the Milwaukee Bucks and the New York Knicks and the LA Lakers. That's that's your SEC, right? That's your Alabama, Georgia, Texas, whoever. 
But the NCAA also has to govern Presbyterian College and Robert Morris and Mary Hardin Baylor under the same rules and circumstances. But also, it's even deeper than that. You have the football team and the rifle team run by the same people. And how different are all of those sports and all of those schools at all of those levels? And we think that this one entity can uh, can handle all that. Of course they can. And then their model, which everybody was getting rich off of, by the way. I say everybody. Everybody at the top was getting rich off of. You're not going to to have legal people, judges, courts, whoever, sit back and watch football coaches get almost $80 million to not coach anymore and think, you know what? Restrictions are good for the players. There's no way. There's no way that, that it would go down like that at all. It never would have sustained. Once they figured that out, it was over. That That's the, the crux of the issue here. People keep talking about how college football needs a commissioner. It does, but it needs a commissioner with power. If it's just some czar in the NCAA's office, they're still going to lose every time. And, and people are so afraid of making the athletes employees. And I understand why, because it ruins the essence of the sport or whatever. But what you do when you make them employees is you can then regain control. And that's what you have to resign yourself to. Well, they might get paid now. Well, they're already getting paid. But if you make, if you just cut bait and do what the courts are telling you to do, you can get control back. You can actually rein in the transfer portal. If a guy signs with you, he has to stay with you now for a certain amount of time. Instead of hitting the portal in January and then looking again in May. And then if the season doesn't go well, he can go back in in December and then maybe go back in in May if he wants to. But are we, again, I'll go back to the question that I've asked before. Are we sure that it doesn't work? I mean... Like like free markets fix themselves. Like the, the market wins. The people that that play the game the best, that are the smartest, that are the most efficient, they they handle it. So so we get this message on the ceasefire text line. Can we all agree that NIL is fine and the portal is what it is? Insane? But, yeah, maybe. But, we, we we might we might could all agree on that. NIL's not fine though. And here's what I mean by that. Who is having to pay the players that that's wrong? If if the the Saints but, are but you're not you're not forced to do that. Nobody is forcing donors not. and boosters to donate. But schools you, are asking their donors and their boosters to do this. They're not forced so that, to do so it. But if they don't do it, they lose. Well, oh, okay. so so there's so a cost of winning. But you're for, but it, it shouldn't come at the cost of average Joe fan. That that that's what's wrong with it. It's be, because I mean we say it all the time. Yeah, but I mean, you shouldn't have to pay more because the cable company and the cable provider are in a squabble over what the rate should be. But guess what? At the end of the day, you're going to have to pay more because you want to watch the product, whatever the product is. Joe, Joe Fan was already paying for it, by the way. Joe Fan was already paying for it. Not like Joe Fan was already making making under the table stuff happen. And then on top Not of like that, this. Joe Fan was Joe Fan was buying tickets. Joe, everything, all the money that universities get. The athletic department, they come from Joe Fan. The, they if, do. What, but hold now hold it's, hold it's more it. now, though. It's extra. It's it's a lot more. It is it's extra. millions more. But, but, what, and if, the but pe- what if what if this has caused more people 
to engage in a way that they haven't engaged before and is actually adding to the popularity of the sport. Possibly so, but the the schools are negotiating multi-billion dollar television deals. They're paying their coaches more than they ever have before. They they have they overinflate their spending to to pretend like they don't make a profit. They're, I mean, we're Ole Miss and Mississippi State's athletic budgets are over a hundred million dollars. They they get uh, they're they're about to get a sixty seventy million dollar check every year from the SEC. They're not paying the players, but the the guy driving home from work at the accounting firm right now he has to pay the players because he's told if you don't you don't want to win. So, so everybody else in college sports gets to just get richer. Coaches get richer. ADs get richer. Uh, staffers get richer. And the fan has to pay what? the bills. I'm a Saints yes. fan. No, no, I, 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 hear, I don't sounds, pay Derek Carr's salary. Sounds like every other business in the world. I, 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 was literally say, like I hear what you're saying. The system is broken, which means it's kind of like our health care system. It's kind of like our immigration system. It's kind of like our pharmaceutical industry. Every every major system. So we should just accept it then? Well, well we have for the past 100-plus years or 200-plus years. NIL's three years old. Today. I'm talking about just everything. Well, yeah, every, I mean, everything's we've, terrible. We've gone, but... deep, we've gone deep on this show today. We're going deep. But the, the NFL salary cap goes up because the television deal gets bigger, not because the fans donated more money. The, the the NFL fans are never asked to directly pay for salaries. No, they buy but they're directly they asked games. to pay for other things that are exorbitantly expensive. But college fans pay for those too. But now it's an extra. But cost. not. But it's not as expensive at the college level it is as it is at the pro level. Try to buy Dallas Cowboys season tickets in comparison to Mississippi State tickets. But the buy Cowboys parking. fans are not told. If you don't donate money to this fund, you don't want to win. A Cowboys fan that can't afford season tickets is not being shamed into giving money because you got to pay Dak Prescott. I mean, who's shaming? The schools aren't shaming them. It's just other fans that are shaming them. Because it's what's required to win. You're seeing coaches, and they're they're tweeting all the time, hey, if you want to help us, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. But it's still your choice as to whether or not you do it or not. It is still your choice. It's your choice. But there is shaming. But there's shaming, and, and they are told, if you don't do this, you can't win. And it's the average fan and not the, the schools that are getting hundreds of millions of dollars in these contracts having to pay these players. And that is wrong. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We'll be right back. You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? What? This is so awesome on Super Talk Mississippi. Just to be clear. I'm not arguing for the man. I'm not trying to prop up um, college athletics with its bloated budgets and overpaid coaches and all of those things. I'm, I'm, I'm not. But you know what I am doing? I am saying that 
the school where my allegiance lies, the University of Mississippi, where I grew up a fan, went to school, have a degree, my kids love going to games. You know what's more fun than anything when it comes to watching your team? It's not a complicated not a complicated answer. I, this is not a trick question. Hey, Dad. What's the most... Winning. The, yes. Yes. There is nothing more fun than going to a game and the team that you are cheering for winning, finishing in first place in that day's contest. And you know what? Finally, State and Ole Miss, we can agree on something. We can agree on this. And I think there's an argument to be made that the system that we currently have in place, while broken or at least flawed, maybe unsustainable, I don't know. Just describe it however you want to. I can make you the argument because of what I just saw and what I'm expecting that Ole Miss is in a position to win more than at any point in my lifetime. And so I'm not quite as hell-bent on this system has to change as a lot of people are because I like winning. Well, it's a different conversation, right? Nah, it's the, really not. But It's really not. I, I don't think it's right that average Joe Ole Miss fan has had to pay the salary of their quarterback. However... Because that is the system that is in place, if you take advantage of it, you can change your circumstances. Both of those things can be true at the same time. And Ole Miss fans and the collective at large deserve a ton of credit for being willing to do what it takes to assemble a roster that can be nationally competitive in 2024. They've done it in keeping guys, and they've done it in adding guys. And because of that, this season will be as hyped of a football season ever ever relative term, in the modern history of the program. So yeah. if you take advantage of it, Louisville can also be... Louisville's going to make the playoff this year, guys. I think they are. They might be the best team in the ACC this year. They are assembling a roster, and they return a bunch of guys. Missouri's capitalizing on this. Syracuse is capitalizing on this. Ohio State's always been good, but Ohio State saw Michigan win a championship and, and said to themselves, uh, no more. And and they're taking advantage of it, even though, again, it's Ohio State's a little bit different. But you can seize on this and, and become great. So we get this message. I've been solicited zero times by the Colts to give them money so that they can sign a new DB. They actually have a good model of making billions in revenue from TV and other entertainment avenues and using that to pay their players. It's really cool and innovative. And he goes on to say, I would be far less offended by ticket prices doubling and the university slash athletic department paying players directly than the athletic department having millions in cash flow and asking me to give to them like their charity. You sure? Like, I'm not, I'm not being flippant when I say that. You're sure about that? Because I recall about 100 conversations that we have had on this show about how it's just too expensive for fans to be able to go to events anymore. The tickets are too high, the parking is too high, the hotel rooms, the concession stands, all of that stuff's too expensive. 
not to mention the donation that goes along with whatever seat you want and all of those things. So you're telling me I would be less offended by all of those things doubling and them not asking me to help fund a roster. Here's the difference. You have an option to help fund a roster. If all of those prices double, you have an option. You can go or not go, but if you want to go, you don't have an option. You have to pay that price. You can still go with the current prices and opt out of donating to a collective. But if you say, ah, you know what, I'd be fine if they just doubled the price of everything. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So your family of five, it costs you $1,000 just in tickets to get in the door. And your season-long parking pass, instead of it being $150, is $300. And the $350 you had to donate per seat is now $700. I, I just, I don't. Real quick. Mm-hmm. When, when that guy says being a Colts fan, well, when you're a Colts fan who lives in Mississippi, how many games do you go to a year? You know, I mean, there's a huge difference between being a Colts fan in Mississippi and being an Ole Miss or State fan in Mississippi and wanting to have season tickets. That's right. It's sort of an apples and oranges kind of thing. Yeah. But I feel like we do that. I mean, we're, we're conflating a lot of things in the comparison game, and, and that's okay. It's... It really is a fascinating conversation with a lot of layers and no easy answers. We'll be back. Mm, From the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. Off Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit them online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Two 18 hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. You can uh, learn more by visiting their website, dancingrabbitgolf.com. Go uh, dancingrabbitgolf.com. Go there. To book your tea time or plan your trip. Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. We try not to generally miss uh, a mix politics and sports on the uh, show. I'm not sure that we did a great job with that in the uh, first hour of the show, but I will share with you a tweet from the governor, Tate Reeves, just uh, five minutes ago. He tweeted... Avid listener. Uh, probably. It's on yeah. the road a lot. Uh, he should text in sometimes. Hey, but you know what? In fairness, the governor may not be an avid listener. But some of the people that work closely with the governor and mm-hmm. transport him are. And to those mm-hmm. men and women who have 
said to me and us in the past that you listen to the show regularly. Thank you for that. Please be safe on the roads and uh, hang with us. So the governor says tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. I'll be announcing a special session to finalize a new economic development project that will shatter records by billions of dollars. This is a massive moment for Mississippi, and I hope you'll join us live on Facebook as our state once again makes history. Sounds great. Shatter records by billions of dollars. Because there was a $1.9 billion economic development project announced in Marshall County last week. So if it's shattering that record by billions, I mean, that's got to make this at least a $4 billion project. Right? In the press release, they should put a picture of Dr. Evil. Hmm. Billions. Why make billions when we can make millions? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so I read something earlier. Um, it, this, it just jogged my memory because there, there's a, a sports complex possibly coming to central Mississippi Dr. Evil well. jogged your memory? Uh, no, just uh, I saw oh, a, a high school baseball coach. Uh, talk about how travel baseball is becoming so um, massive where he is he's got players at his high school that are being told by their travel ball coach do not play for your high school team and they're almost like trying to guilt them into not playing for their high school team and they're going to have tournaments during the high school baseball season that they're telling these kids not to play in now, I, I, it doesn't sound like that's something that goes on here, but if it does, and I was a parent of a kid on your travel ball team and you're telling my kid not to play for his school so he can play for you, I, I've got some words for you. It's changing. I wonder why they're streaming on Facebook. Why don't they just take a page out of the NFL's book and stream it on Prime? <laughs> I don't know. Just a thought. Man, it's the whole WWE route. They're they're moving Raw to Netflix. Yeah, huge deal. I actually love that. I mean, I have Netflix, so it doesn't bother me. So I'm I'm, I'm willing to stay on board. I'm just saying, Prime's a pretty good video platform. You can it, use that. It, it is. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Again, the ceasefire text line is six zero one eight seven nine. Four three nine five six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Um, sorry, I made myself laugh for a second. I'm trying to <laughs> regain my footing here and trying to uh, Joe Lenardi. You do Joe Lenardi? Yeah, let's do bracketology because we we got to get back on the, on the rails. Here. <laughs> Uh, Let's go back to my Dr. Evil impression. Yeah, let's hear it. Joey Brackett says... I want chicken. I want liver. Go ahead. Joey Brackett says Purdue is the number one overall seed. Guess who the first team out is? Hard to wrap your mind around, given their two-decade-plus run of success. Have you looked at it, Hey, Ned? No. I haven't. 
First team out, according to Joey Brackets. Villanova? Zaga. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. They're not having a great year. Oregon currently the uh, the last team in in the field overall. The last four buys, so teams that would not go to Dayton. TCU, New Mexico, Northwestern, and South Carolina. Last four in the tournament, meaning they would go to Dayton and play those opening round games. Kansas State, Ole Miss, Cincinnati, and Oregon. First four out, Gonzaga, Providence, Colorado, Wake Forest. And then uh, you get Florida in that next group. So teams from the SEC. But real quick, that just shows you how vital tomorrow is for Ole Miss. Yeah. Kind of the beginning of the stretch of games you you like really need to not dig the hole any farther. Yeah. I mean it's a it's a wounded animal this Arkansas team right now. Uh, go in for the kill shot and, and keep yourself on the right side of the bubble. Yeah. Um and that's the thing, right? I mean, the bubble's always bad. I feel like that we have, there's some NCAA tournament clichés that we have to we have to pull out. Um we talked about this last year at Mississippi State. Could very well be a conversation for Ole Miss and Mississippi State this year. Maybe, maybe not. The bubble's always bad. Wins matter. Good losses are better than bad losses. But at some point, they're just losses. you got to win some games. And if you are a bubble team at the end of January, that does not mean you're going to be a bubble team at the end of February. does not mean you're going to be a bubble team the second weekend of March. But it's possible. And if you're just floating on the bubble for like a month and a half or two months, that's a tough way to live through an entire basketball season. But it means you're playing relevant basketball games throughout the season. Here are your SEC teams in no particular order. Mississippi State predicted to be a nine seed. By the way, if they won that first round game against Villanova, they'd play Purdue in the second round. You don't know that Purdue wouldn't lose to a 16. You don't know that. And it, you don't know that Purdue would lose to a 9. It, it, it has it's happened, happened twice, hasn't Didn't Purdue lose as a, as a one seed just last year? Or they, they, they lost, they were maybe in a two seed, I don't know. But they, they lost early last year. I thought Maryland-Baltimore County over Virginia was the only... 16 versus 1 upset in the history. No, they lost to Fairleigh Dickinson. Uh, That was last year? That was last March, yes. They were just the second number one seed ever to lose their opening round game. So, again, you don't know for a fact. Who's the 16 that State might have to play? Tell me. Either Delaware, uh, Delaware State or Lafayette. Oof. Both dangerous. Uh, Mississippi State is a 9, Auburn as a 3, Texas A&M as an 8, South Carolina as an 11, hmm? Tennessee is a 2, a 2, uh, either Ole Miss or Kansas State as an 11, Alabama as a 5, not in the top 25, but a 5 seed in the tournament, Okay, checks out. Uh, Kentucky is a three. 
And that's it so far from the uh, from the SEC. Who was uh, State playing as the uh, as the nine? Anyway. Doesn't matter. Doesn't them. matter. I like I like your uh, your attitude, Villanova. Oh, ooh, Villanova. Not a Jay Wright Villanova, but nevertheless. No, but um, a Villanova nonetheless. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Just curious how intuitive a listener you actually are. Just curious. We'll be right back. More coming up in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. All right. Yeah. Richard had to step away for just a second. He'll be right back. I'm Borky. He's Haydad on Politics Talk Mississippi. Oh. Glad that you're with us. A likely story. So. We got this message from Derek and Greenwood, and one of my group messages is talking about this uh, a lot today. And he says, is Brian Kelly leaving LSU? And my reply was, where is he going? And he said, I don't know. I just saw a tweet saying he, uh, if he left, made it sound like something may be going on. Story by Dennis Dodd, if Harbaugh leaves for the NFL. We'll get to the Harbaugh thing here in a little bit. But, um, yeah, yeah there, there's a lot of talk and, and I've only really seen it come out of LSU circles makes me wonder if there's a little bit of buyer's remorse and wishful thinking there but there is a line of thinking that if Harbaugh gets one of these NFL jobs most notably the Chargers it seems uh, that Brian Kelly will be a candidate at Michigan yeah I have not seen anybody that covers Michigan say anything other than it's going to be Sharon Moore yeah that's all I've that, seen. That is the name that they'll just promote from within, keep everything the way it was. I, and you know what? I'll be honest with you. If Alabama had had a, a better candidate in-house, they might should have done the same. Yeah. Just try to keep everybody on board. But they didn't. Michigan does. Sharon Moore is a guy. I mean, he coached, what, four games this year uh, as the head coach when, with Harbaugh suspended. Uh, his players seem to love him. Now, those things can, those kind of things can go wrong. Let me tell you, those kind of things can go wrong on you. You just yeah. you promote from within, and then next thing you know, you're five and seven, and you can't score. But I'm just saying that that seems to be the the way that it's going. You mentioned the LSU thing. I thought that was interesting. You talk about buyer's remorse with with Brian Kelly. I had we we had a question come in the other day on the podcast and said, should LSU fans be concerned that Brian Kelly's lost seven games in his first two years? And I was like, you know, you can just flip that around and say, shouldn't they be ecstatic that he's won 20 games in his first two years? You would think. <laughs> you would think. I mean, I get that it's LSU and the expectations are a little bit higher, but, I mean, if Brian Kelly's done a good job down there. He's he's, he's won he's had back-to-back 10-win seasons. Now, next year, eh, I don't know. But they're, recruit, they're recruiting at a level that makes you think they, they're not far off. They're going to be a playoff contender. Most years. I don't know about next year, but most years. 
So we'll see. Of course, if if that does happen, Borky, you you realize I will. Kevin Dell, you got to start driving that train. Oh yeah, you know people are are going to do that for sure. But um, it does have that debate, right? Where do you preserve a roster? Or do you hire the right coach? And, and what's that balance? Michigan's situation is a little bit different, though, than just promoting an interim uh, to, to save yeah. a roster. Because yeah. this guy, I mean, not only is he really good at his job, clearly, but he beat Ohio State as the head coach on the sidelines. He, he beat Penn yeah. State as the head coach on the sideline. I mean, it, it's a little bit different promoting from within there, but... I mean, you would have open season on the Michigan roster that you probably wouldn't have, at least to that level, if you make him the acting head coach. And the timing of this is interesting. Because I guess, like, nothing matters anymore. I mean, even the rules that we have are not rules. But most students have started classes. Now, Ole Miss is unique. They haven't started classes yet, so they're they're dropped add date is still like two weeks away, so Ole Miss can add more players for the next couple of weeks. Mississippi State started classes a few days ago, right? Last week? Correct. Yes, classes started last week. Oh, I'm sorry, hold on. They started Saturday. Yes, yes, last last Monday. But, of course, we had the, the ice storm, yeah. so it may, that delayed it a little bit. Classes were supposed to start last Tuesday. I'll put it that way. So a little bit shorter time period for Mississippi State, but but we in Mississippi are later in the calendar than most everybody else. So if Harbaugh does leave, and it certainly looks like that that is what's going to happen, is, is Harbaugh leaving and taking most likely the Chargers' job. I mean, NFL reporters are already talking about the defensive coordinator that he's going to have at the Chargers. It kind of feels like they have a good idea of what's about to happen. You wouldn't really have the opportunity to have open season on Michigan's roster right now because classes have already started. Mm -hmm. So something I will say. I will say this: something you you pointed out about when you have to make a choice, right, between do we save this roster or do we hire the right coach? In the portal age, the answer should always be hire the right coach. You look back a year ago with Mississippi State. At the time, you thought you made the right decision with Zach Arnett, right? And, yeah, you probably would have had a good bit of attrition had you hired a new coach. Would you have been any worse off? As it turns out. You know, in, in the portal, in the portal, you could go. I mean, obviously, we have the benefit of hindsight here. But in the portal, you can go out and get players. You'll get all of them you need. You, you, you'll fill the team next year. You don't have to worry about that. You can flip a roster so easily these days. You've got to hire the right coach. Will Michigan do that? We will have to see. Again, everybody that covers the program seems to think that it's uh, just but, a hardball out, more sometimes, in, keep moving. Sometimes that's the right coach, right? Yeah. Sometimes it is. You know, Sometimes you get lucky like that. I mean, let's say Kiffin had left after the end of the uh, 21, the 21 season, right, after the Sugar Bowl. Let's just say he just takes a job right there. Almost promotes Levy. That's probably the right coach. Probably what? keeps things rolling along relatively, uh, relatively easily. I Where would, think. would they have gone then? I don't know. Ole Miss, yeah. At the end of twenty one, I think they just promoted Levy. I think there would have been a, a lot of groundswell. The same way, if Kiffin left tomorrow, probably just promote Pete Golding, won't they? There, there will be definitely. There'll be a search. Yeah. 
But I think at, I think at the end of 21, after all Ole Miss had done offensively, Ole Miss fans would have been, by and large would have been like, yeah, just promote Levy. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So. I've said this before, so we don't need to go into it. I just I, I would not understand Michigan and, and Brian Kelly. I wouldn't get it. He, he's good. He's not great. And you've got a track record of two well, high, high-profile jobs where he has underachieved relative to their expectations and gotten to the top and then gotten smoked when he got there. Well, I think if he could get to the playoffs with LSU, that's probably a team that could not get smoked. But at the same time, yes, at Notre Dame, he did. I think he did about the best he could at Notre Dame, and it's, it's not like they've been awesome since he left. You know, Marcus Freeman hasn't exactly been, you know, cooking with with, with grease over there in, in South Bend. So, I, you know, I mean, who could they get? Who's the best available coach that would take the Michigan job? Would Kiffin wouldn't take the Michigan job? I don't think. Mm-mm. It's that they are such a the Michigan man thing is such a thing to them that I don't think it, it works. I think it's Sharon um, Moore. You know, I, I, I think that's it. That's oh, that's what I'm saying. Like Lincoln Riley's not coming. Steve Sarkeesian's not coming. Uh, Norvell, Norvell, Norvell would probably be interested in that job. He might be interested. Maybe that's, one of the, the Kansas right coaches. There. That's probably a good choice. One of the two. Pick one. I don't know. Yeah, I would I would think Leopold over Kleiman, but that's that's just me. That's what I would do also. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Yes, Dwayne, you did hear Richard's voice earlier. Uh, he, he had to uh, had to go tend to something. Everything's okay, but uh, he he had to to step away. Um, hopefully, he'll be back before the end of the show. If not, he'll be back tomorrow. Um, back to something I said earlier. These are interesting texts. Uh, one. Uh, you say it's easier for a college coach to recruit at a travel ball tournament than high schools. A 20-team travel ball tournament might have 30 kids to look at in a weekend. A high school series would have two at best. Another one. This is Aaron from Madison. Yes, the travel ball situation happens here. They sell it by saying you get more exposure through travel ball and showcase tournaments than you do when you play high school. Um, here's the thing. And I'm certainly not trying to lecture. It's just not everything has to be about exposure for college coaches. Little Timmy's probably not good enough to play in college anyway. But if he is, they're going to find him. So so if, if parents get so obsessed with exposure that they don't have their son play for his high school baseball team to go get exposure at some tournament in Macon, Georgia, that's a mistake. High school sports... I, I will never forget playing for my high school. At the time, it mattered a lot. Now that I'm 31, you know, ooh, I played for Malden High, big deal. But when I was 16, 17, putting on my school's jersey and playing for them, it's, I'll never forget it. It matters still to, to this day to me. I'm so happy that I got to represent my school and play for my school. That, that can't be something that we take away from kids for the sake of exposure at some showcase tournament put on by some... You can have both. That's the thing. You don't have to pick one or the other. Both need to be part of a young athlete's life. Playing for their school and also going to these tournaments and playing travel ball if they're good enough. Because travel ball is great too. And, and it opens up a lot of doors. But, but high school sports are, are as pure of a thing as we can have in athletics. 
don't diminish the importance of that. I'll get off my soapbox when we come back. It's Sports Talk Mississippi. 601-879-4395 is the text line. We will be right back. Sports Talk. Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. I forgot we were meeting with uh, Ryan Brown here at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, So let's get into this Harbaugh thing a little bit more, actually. Because NFL reporters reporting he's in Los Angeles right now. Multiple, I mean, basically all of them at this point are reporting that Harbaugh's in Los Angeles meeting with the Chargers. Uh, There was a quote out there that said he is within striking distance is what they're calling it. Uh, from having a deal with the Chargers. Uh, others are going so far as to report that Jim Harbaugh is going to bring Jesse Minter with him. Not Sean Moore, because he's going to be the next head coach at, at Michigan. But uh, if this happens, what do you think about it? Um, I mean, I think it's a, it's a good fit. Harbaugh, Harbaugh has always been more of an NFL guy. As good as he's been in college, he always won a national title. But I always felt like the NFL was was the, the place for him. Um, obviously, with what's I mean, Michigan is going to face some NCAA sanctions at some point. I mean, they, they've they had to suspend their their coach twice this past year. That tells you something. Something's going to happen. Might as well not be there. You won the national title. Leave while you're still on top. Uh, and as far as the Chargers go, you've got the quarterback. So I mean, you've got half the, the puzzle solved right there with Herbert. Um, it feels like that, that that's a program, a program, a franchise that should have been better the past couple of years, and that coaching has kind of held them back. Staley just wasn't a really good coach for them. So with bringing Harbaugh in, I mean, they should be a playoff team next year, I would think, with Herbert and, and then the talent they already have on 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 deck. They should have a, a decent draft position. So I, I expect them to be contending for the playoffs next year. And then for Michigan, so. I mean, there, there's the college angle, there's the pro angle. If, if you're an NFL fan, it's what's Harbaugh going to do to the Chargers? Should they make the playoffs? I mean, he was he was good before with mediocre quarterback play. He's going to get better than mediocre quarterback play out of Herbert, it seems. And then there's the college angle. The, the scandal-plagued season that was Michigan football got suspended for the first three games of the season, got suspended for the last three games of the season for two different NCAA-related scandals, Wins the championship and then just dips out of town. Right off into the sunset. Yeah, or something like that. You know, and 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 Michigan next year. I mean, especially now that McCarthy is, is declared and he's out, I feel like that's that's a team. But are they going to be seven and five? No. But are they going to be like a nine and three kind of team next year? Probably. Probably still contending for the playoff if they win the right games, but. You know they're going to take a step back next year. Why be there? 
Why be there for it? You won the national title. Go out on top. Get a get a plum NFL job in a great city to live in. I can't I can't begrudge Harbaugh anything. It's what it's what I would do. Yeah, I know we're gonna get the text. Why? Because you said great city to live in. We're gonna get somebody to text. Well, Los Angeles is awful. I don't, if you oh, are, if you're in a, Los Angeles, never mind. I really still thought they lived in San Diego. But Los Angeles has a ton of Los problems. Still a great city. All that. Uh, if you have a contract worth fifteen million dollars a year, Los Angeles is still yeah. a great place to live. You you don't live in a part of town where those problems are. No. You live in a part of town where there aren't any problems. Like Google Lincoln yeah, Riley's problem house. Is, yeah, my only problem is what Michelin-starred restaurant am I going to eat at tonight? That's my problem. Have you ever had a Michelin-star restaurant before? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, it's it's. I don't know. Was that did the place we ate at in Atlanta didn't have a Michelin star? Because it, it did darn not. well should. It darn well should. If there are better restaurants than that place, I want to go to them. I tell you that. I, uh, I don't. How many are in America? That I don't know. I know there are some, and it's so, it, it does crack me up that the tire company is the standard 200. measure. Two hundred. What's the closest one to here? That's probably two hundred. So to as far as as far as three stars go, uh, Chicago. There's one in Virginia. Interesting. Uh, there's one in Vegas. I saw it. I didn't go to it. There's a bunch in Chicago. These are just the three-star ones, though. Interesting. Is there in Atlanta? There are four, five, one-star Michelin restaurants. Well, we'll be in Dallas this year. So let me say, hold on, yeah, let's see Michelin star, star, starred restaurant in Dallas. I wonder how many are in New Orleans. In Dallas, uh, does Texas have any? Nope, there's not a single one wow. in the state of Texas. You think you you know you wanted to, you think would be there, Franklin Barbecue? You would think. Well, but that's probably like I'm not pretentious to... enough or or whatever. Well, they, they they no, there are some like dive bar restaurants. You know, it's about the food and like that's supposed to be the best in the world. I saw a video of a three star Michelin restaurant that. I mean, it was like a 30-course meal, but they were all... It was like this very scientific-based, like, goofy way to eat. Like, there was one that had... The the plate had a thing on top of it where if you were looking at it from the right angle, your food disappeared because it had, like, mirrors in the thing on top of the plate. And I'm thinking, how stupid is that? And it was like a $350 base price to have this meal where they're, like, tricking your mind into... Like not seeing your food, or there was one not, not interested. Yeah, that you consumed like with a blindfold on. Like they 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 covered your eyes before you could eat it, and like uh, no, no, give I'm me not a, going to that place. Give no. me a big fat steak and some sides and a whiskey, and and that's way better than whatever that heck you're serving me. So New Orleans doesn't have the Michelin Guide doesn't cover New Orleans. It's only covered in the only American cities are are big cities. So maybe that's part of the reason. But why would Atlanta have one then? Atlanta's not that much bigger than New Orleans, is it? Oh, yeah. Much bigger. Like millions is it bigger. that yeah. much bigger? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, now you got me. Now you got me curious what the, the, the population difference it's is. It's millions more, yeah. All 
Oh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Isn't Atlanta like it's a top five, five million in more. the country? Atlanta is 6.1 million, uh, and uh, the me- the metro area is 6.1 right, yeah. million. New Orleans is 1.3 million. So, yeah, you were right. So he says, of course, I tuned in for the first time in nearly two weeks, and Richard has a day off. Shocking. Uh, and well, we're talking about food. And we're talking about food. I just got a text that says Michelin is coming to New Orleans. So they've got to. That's the best food city in America. Why would you not be there? And the thing is, the best food in that city is the places that you don't like, like that don't blow you yeah. away. Aesthetically, anyway. Somebody says Atlanta is the hub of the South. Pretty sure that's Hattiesburg. The the yeah. hub of what? How can it be the hub of the South? It's on the far east end of the South. The hub has to be in the middle. I can't stand Atlanta. And, and like, if you have to go for a weekend, like, let's people, have this conversation. I, 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 hate I hate Atlanta. Atlanta. I mean, logistically, it's horrible. Again, if you went to the Peach Bowl, you probably had fun because you can have fun in a, any major American city for a couple of, uh, of days, right? If you got to go to L.A. or Chicago or, or wherever, you can have fun for a couple of days, but. Logistically, that city is the worst place you could possibly drive through and even visit. I mean, visiting is terrible because it's like there's not like a downtown. There's not like a you got to go downtown and, and do this like there is in other places. It's all spread out. The, the infrastructure is horrible. And they've been doing road construction on the city of Atlanta since it was founded. I mean, like like since Columbus came over and was like, oh, this is America now. They've been doing road construction in Atlanta. The traffic is absolutely just awful. I mean, if you had doubts in your you mind. You mentioned the worst part. The Falcons. If you had doubts. The Falcons are there. The Falcons are there. I mean, so, so they're perpetually losing. But if you had doubts that Satan was real, drive through Atlanta at any time. <laughs> Clip it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to send that to uh, to all our friends that live in Atlanta. Be like, hey, what do you think of this, huh? It's the truth. Somebody says worst airport for sure. Yeah, it's not great. No. How many southern airports connect through Atlanta? Hub, guys. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah that's great, but Hattiesburg is the hub city. So, uh, you know, you tell me. As William Faulkner once said, if you first want to understand the world, you have to understand Hattiesburg, Mississippi. That's correct. I think I think that's what he said. It's something like that. It was close yeah, enough. Yeah, well, you got most of the words correct. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I butchered Sorry. the quote even without Hattiesburg. I mean, I just that, that was awful. But. Parkway Parkway Bakery, three stars coming their way. That's my favorite po' boy. Somebody said there's nothing special about Franklin Barbecue. If you've been, I'd like to hear well, about I mean, your experience. I mean, the, 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 people standing in line for six hours, it must be okay. It must be all right. You'll get to go. Aren't you going to Austin this year? Oh yeah, I plan. I plan. I don't know. So I've I've already had my. I told you about that though. Like I found out if you order carry out, if right, you order more yeah. than a hundred dollars worth, you can just pick it up. You don't have to wait in line. So, I mean, two people can spend a hundred dollars in there pretty easily. I would think. I I, I would spend a hundred dollars on my own. I would get on oh, my own. Yeah, yeah. half pound of everything. Just, just well, I mean, give a me pound of it. briskets like thirty five bucks. So you know, <laughs> just it's expensive. <laughs> Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. We will be right back. It's Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. 
Sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. played this for you at some point today. It couldn't figure out a good time to just bring this in, so I'm going to do it now to start this final segment of the 4 o'clock hour. We'll get to Ryan Brown, get his thoughts on Kalen DeBoer and you know his hiring and Saban retiring and the transfer portal mass exodus from Alabama and, uh, and more with him coming up here in a little bit. But Tyler Bass missed what would have been the game-tying field goal for the Buffalo Bills. You guys saw it just uh, a few days ago. Here's what it sounded like on Korean radio. Oh, no. <laughs> you are <laughs> you are two for two on bringing foreign commentary to this program. Two for two now. Congratulations. That's that's your best attribute. I'll be honest with you. It's finding. Hey, I'll take it. It's not quite the guy singing "Eye of the Tiger," but it's good. <laughs> It's so stereotypical, too. It is. It's like the most stereotypical thing that you could have put. Like, oh, what are they all going to be like? Oh, nope, that's exactly what they did. <laughs> it's exactly what they did. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. <laughs> man, so our Good text time. line has been freezing up, at least for me and Richard, by the way. A bunch of your texts came in, and I'm just now Mine seeing too. them. They it's, all... it's me, too. It's me, too. Okay, good, because they just all came to my ref- screen at once. I've been refreshing it the whole time. Yeah. That's a. You got to refresh. Yeah, there they are. There they are. That's a shame. Somebody said, wish he'd stop holding back and let us know how he really, really feels about Atlanta. Truth. Uh, Four letter word Atlanta. Lived in Hattiesburg my whole life and still don't understand it. I love Hattiesburg, man. I really do. Great. Somebody says, does Hattiesburg actually qualify as a city? Seems more like a town. Now, it's bigger than a town, smaller than a city. What do you call that? Bigger than a town, but smaller than a it's, city? It's bigger than a town, because it's not a town. That there's more. It's a city at that point. But Anything bigger than a town is a city. But then you've got like New York, which is a city. And Hattiesburg and New York That's are not city. comparable. So there's got to be another Hattiesburg word. And New York, no, Hattiesburg and New York are both cities. Shouldn't we come up with a, a middle term? Like it's brunch. the same way we were just talking about earlier, how Presbyterian and Alabama are run by the same organization. It's the same thing here. The same rules apply. Somebody says Hattiesburg is better than Atlanta. I agree. I would live in Hattiesburg uh, tomorrow, and I would live in Atlanta uh, literally never. Another person says, you're dumb as you know what to stand in line for six hours for anything, much less barbecue. But they they have fun with it. People set up chairs and like they'll they'll have coffee or you know something a little bit stronger if you catch my drift and they'll just kind of tailgate. It's not they're not literally standing in line like facing the so, back of somebody's head. They're hanging out and partying. One one of the the barbecue guys I I watch on YouTube, he did a video where he cooked a brisket 
in the time from the f- the first person getting in line to the doors opening, he cooked the brisket. He did. He had to do it hot and fast. He only had like six hours to do it, but he got it done. And he said it wasn't that bad. I was like, you can make your own brisket in the amount of time you're standing in line. <laughs> so, yeah, when I, the one time I went to Austin, we didn't go to Franklin. We found another place. We found two other places, and they were just they were fantastic, and there was no line. Yeah. So. How many days are you going to Austin for? If I do that trip, and I haven't nailed that in yet, I have a lot going on this spring. I'm sp- I, I got a lot of places to go this spring. I don't know if I'm gonna, what I'm going to do in the fall, but uh, I, if I go, I'll probably leave. I probably leave like Wednesday night and try to get there by Thursday, and then go. Oh go wow! There. So you had to do a lot, and obviously the game will be on Saturday. Uh, yeah. you, you need to go see the uh, the bats. So there's this bridge. No, no. You don't want to see the bats? Deal with rodents. I don't deal with rodents. No, but they, they don't mess with you. Ones. So what they do is you stand on this bridge. There, there's this... not, that's, a, that's a risk I'm not willing to take. Oh, man, it's awesome. So the bridge over the river in Austin, and at the same time every night, every night yeah. at the same time. I know time, about it. I know. I know about it, but thousands of bats nah, fly nah. out from under the bridge and, and go like do their thing and go hunt bugs or, or whatever bats do at night. But every night you you see thousands of bats fly out from uh, the the hole underneath this bridge, and it's really cool looking. I think you've also got to go see some stand up. It's the stand up capital of the world now. I might do that. That I might do. Yeah, go to the mothership. I'm basically just going to you know drink beer and eat barbecue though. That's probably my my real plan to be honest with you. That sounds like a good Maybe plan. Maybe a steak. Yeah. Some tacos. Some tacos will probably happen. Also, a good part of the plan. You're just checking a lot of boxes here with your plan when Mississippi yeah. State goes to Texas later this year. Yeah. Because Mississippi yeah. State goes to Texas later this year for a conference game. Yes. Yeah, so we you we knew that. We did. We on two thirds of this show knew that that was a conference game last week. Not everybody was aware. Though. Ryan Brown of the next round will join us next. We will talk uh, a lot about Kalen DeBoer, Alabama, college football, and more with him when we come back. It's Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't go anywhere. Sports Talk Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Guest line, check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Our friend Ryan Brown from the next round joins us right now. And uh, Ryan, we haven't spoken to you yet since the sports world in Alabama just exploded with uh, an innocuous tweet from Chris Lowe. Just, hey, Nick Saban's retiring. Just thought you guys should know. Uh, so let's go back to that first before we talk about the future. Did you at all suspect that that was coming when Chris Lowe broke the news via Twitter? So, do you want the? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the boiled down version of the story of that day if you want it. Is sure, that what you yeah, want? absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> so, the rumors obviously had been out there all season long, but that was not uncommon of late. 
the older you know Nick Saban has gotten, the more those rumors would spark that this is his last year. You know, if he wins the national championship, this is say if he loses in the playoffs, this will be his last year. I mean, you know, you, you heard a lot of that, but this year was probably more intense, and frankly, it was coming from you know more national people, not just local people. So you kind of wondered, was there something to it? But you hear it so often, you almost get immune to it at that time every year. And again, it had sparked up, you know, the week or so between the uh, loss in the Rose Bowl and the national championship game. That day, that was a Wednesday, that day about 2, 2.30, I get a call um, from someone that I know and trust in the sports world, and he is outside of the Alabama bubble. Like, he is not at all impacted by what's going on in Tuscaloosa or Birmingham or anything like that. And he says, hey, I just want to give you a heads up, I'm pretty sure Saban's retiring. And I was like, really? I mean, I've heard the rumors. He goes, well, let me tell you who my source is. And he told me who his source was. And I was like, all right, that's, that's, that's pretty legit right there. That's about as good as I could do. And he goes, yeah. He said, I, I think it's going down today. I was like, there's no way it's going down today. He said, no, nah, it's going down today. You need to check on this. That's about 2.30. So I start making phone calls, and uh, my partners on the show, Jim Dunaway and Lance Taylor, start making phone calls. We reach out to everybody we can, and I mean like guys that are inside the building, on the staff, and to a man. They were like, if it's happening today, it's news to me. Like multiple times we were told, he was interviewing assistant coaches today for new jobs. And that, that same day, uh, Georgia had offered Tavares Robinson, T-Rob, who was basically the de facto defensive coordinator, a job. And I was told, you know, he spent a lot of the morning putting that fire out and getting T-Rob settled. And I think he's past that. And, and I mean, I'm telling you, people on the staff were like, if it's happening today, it's news to me. And then about 4 o'clock, they had a team meeting, and we were told by people, again, on the staff, hey, this is a normal team meeting, back to school. They do this every year on the first day of class. This is, nothing, this is not like some hastily called team meeting. And then about three minutes after 4, a uh, person who was in the meeting uh, on the staff texted Jim Dunaway, one of my co-hosts, and said, oh, blank, he just told us he's retiring. <laughs> And you guys know the business. We're like, well, that's a pretty good source, but you do not want to screw this story up. And he could be screwing with us. We've got to get two sources. And about the time we said that, Chris Lowe then reported it. And when Chris reports it, yeah, it's a pretty good source there. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's how that day went down. And so that is a long way of saying, in a sense, I'm surprised that it happened that way and that, that his staff was caught off guard. But in a sense, I'm not surprised because you this rumor intensified every year, and you knew at some point he was going to retire. And so, Ryan, that sort of leads us into the question that you know we have the benefit of hindsight now. We see what's happened with Alabama's roster since that decision was made. Did, did Saban sort of do Alabama a disservice by not getting out ahead of this, maybe saying before the playoff, hey, this is the last run, allow them to, to work the portal a little bit differently, allow time to, to uh, the roster to settle down a little bit more? Or, 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 or is this just the way that it was going to be regardless of when he said it? Well, I think this is the way it was going to be. I think the last thing he wanted was, hey, this is Nick Saban's final game or this is Nick Saban's final season. He was never going to be that guy. And I, I do think, you know, you could argue that he did Alabama a disservice, but he did his current roster a big service by doing it when he did it. If he had waited, and you'll see this 
in the next couple of days when Jim Harbaugh takes the Chargers job and their 30-day window, transfer portal window opens, it will not be near as active, I wouldn't think, as Alabama's for this reason. Most places, school has started back, so you've missed spring enrollment, and you've already started your classes. Had Nick Saban waited a couple of weeks and done it, say, right now, Alabama players, by and large, would have been stuck in Tuscaloosa, whether they wanted to be or not, for another semester. They've already started. There was really there'd be no benefit to dropping out of school and moving somewhere. You would just wait till the the spring portal. And so, by him doing it when he did it, it gave Caleb Downs and guys like that an opportunity. Julian saying uh, to test the market in that thirty day window before Ohio State or Texas or Florida State had started classes back. And they were able to enroll and be part of the spring semester. So in a sense, he did it in, in, in a time where his roster could at least have an opportunity to pursue, um, pursue all their options. And many of them chose to do that. And so, you know, to, to bring it full circle now, new, new, new day in, in Alabama, new era about to start. What, what are your opening, your early thoughts on Kalen DeBoer? Well, you know, um, it's been interesting to watch. All the feedback from Tuscaloosa about him has been good. Uh, you talk to the players that have stuck around, they like, they like what they've seen so far. He's built an interesting staff. It's not a conventional Southeastern Conference staff. I mean, this is not the way a staff would look if you had hired a guy that has been a lifer in the SEC. Um, you know, he's gotten two sitting head coaches to leave their jobs, one to become be a position coach, and the other, obviously, in Kane Womack to be a uh, defensive coordinator. Um, you know, he retained his offensive staff from Washington and hired a brand new defensive staff, which I found very interesting that basically the defensive staff, many of whom had been with him nearly every step of the way, were pretty much left behind. So um, I think it's an interesting staff. Listen, the, the truth will be immediately told on him on this next signing day because Ryan Williams is the top remaining player in the state. He was the top player in the state. He was an Alabama commitment. He uh decommitted from Alabama the day Nick Saban announced his retirement, but there had been rumblings that he was going to anyway. And if he can swing him back, Alabama fans will get thrilled about that. And then I think a lot of Alabama fans are waiting to see what Alabama does when the spring portal opens up. They're going to have to be active there because just purely with the roster numbers. A common refrain during all this was, you don't want to be the guy that follows the guy. Everybody said that. Um, How many guys... uh, said no to Alabama, if anybody at all said no to Alabama during this? I mean, I think Greg Byrne, you know, is never going to answer that question. I think you could reasonably, um, without, without going way out on a limb, at least discuss the possibility that Dan Lanning said no. Um, I, I, I believe that was probably Greg Byrne's first choice, was Dan Lanning. I will say this, though, about Kalen DeBoer. Nick Saban retired, uh, he told his team, at 4 o'clock on a Wednesday. And Thursday night at 7 o'clock, the Burns and the DeBoers were having dinner in Seattle. So to say that, you know, DeBoer was a second or third or fourth choice, uh, I don't think is very accurate. I mean, that was one of his immediate targets. He was already in Seattle, you know, having dinner with him. I think those were the two primary targets. I, I think, you know, when you see the other guys that, that pay raises off of this than the Mike Norvells of the world. I think that was just Jimmy Sexton doing what he does. And, um, you know, was, was Kayla DeBoer the first choice? I don't know. Greg Burns says he didn't approach it that way, that he had two or three guys that were his primary choices and he weighed them against one another. None of them were the first choice, second choice, or third choice. 
Um, I think that's kind of what you say because you don't want your guy, you know, you don't want to say that about your guy. Ultimately, it wins. It doesn't matter if he's the fifth choice. But uh, I do think Kalen DeBoer was very high on his list. The only guy that you could convince me said no would probably be Dan Lanning. Got about a minute and a half here before the break. So, uh, so real quick, uh, will Kalen DeBoer win at Alabama? Well, I mean, he's going to be given every resource needed. Now, Alabama's got to catch up in the NIL game. They have lagged a little bit behind. There, I think there was a sense of comfort of having Nick Saban that you felt like you didn't have to be as NIL heavy as some other schools. So they're going to have to catch up in that. Uh, obviously, facilities are as good as they've been. Recruiting has been really good. Even with the departures, you take over a very good roster and a winning culture. And I think the guys, I mean, his record's really good. I know everybody's like, well, he's never done it in the SEC. He hasn't. You know, neither had uh, neither had Nick Saban when he came to LSU. Neither had Urban Meyer when he came to Florida. So, you know, just because you're from outside the Southeastern Conference doesn't mean you can win there. His record's tremendous. I think he's had an opportunity, especially in an expanded 12-team playoff world, um, to pick up where Nick Saban left off. And nobody's ever going to be Nick Saban again. Those days, that, that's gone. But I think he can win at Alabama. Yeah, I think he's I think he's suited to do it. Uh, Ryan, putting you, putting you on the spot here. Are you good to hang through a break, or do we have to let you go? Uh, no, I'm getting through. Oh, great. You're the best. Ryan Brown of the next round joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. He'll join us when we come back. I've got a couple more questions about Alabama, then we'll get some big-picture college football thoughts as we move along through the afternoon. I'm Borky. He's Hey Dad. Glad you guys are with us. It's Sports Talk Mississippi. More from Ryan Brown when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. All right, let's jump right back in. I'm Borky. He's Hey Dad. Ryan Brown joins us on the phone right now from the next round, talking Kalen DeBoer, Alabama, and more with you. So, Ryan, another common refrain on top of you don't want to be the guy that follows the guy is Alabama fans are going to expect DeBoer to be Nick Saban and he won't be so he'll get run out of town quickly so what are your thoughts on that are what are the expectations for for Kalen DeBoer are they going to be the exact results as Nick Saban and if he doesn't deliver those is his time there short-lived well, I think Alabama fans are realistic enough to know, and I know a lot of people roll your eyes when you call Alabama fans anything close to realistic. Realistic enough to know that was a once-in-a-lifetime um, era of football, right? So I, I think you know they'll understand because you know they may be passionate uh, fans and sometimes unrealistic fans, but they're smart enough to understand that you're never going to relive that era of football again. So I think I think Alabama fans will expect him to contend for championships. Um, they will want SEC championships. They'll want to be in the playoffs. But I think they'll know, especially in this new playoff era, you're never going to win at that level again. So I, I think there will be some patience for him. Now he can't, you know, he can't perform awful and miss playoffs and things like that and keep his job. That's that's not going to happen. But I do think there will be some patience. 
uh, for Kalen DeBoer, understanding, you know, the situation in, in which he took over and all that he faced after that and, and what Nick Saban was able to do is something that's never going to be done again. Let's look at the other side of the coin here, Ryan. Uh, what's the Auburn reaction to all this, Ben? Oh, they're thrilled. They're thrilled. I mean, <laughs> Nick Saban is gone. They've been waiting. They've been waiting for this day for years. So, uh, yeah, Auburn fans are thrilled about it. They think Alabama has hired a poor coach. Uh, they call him Harson 2.0, uh, the, the Harson. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, they're they're living their best life right now. Auburn fans are. They love every every minute of this. And uh, you know, look, it's hard to blame them. Nick Saban dominated that rivalry. Um, you know, he won all the championships. He made life tough to be an Auburn fan in the state of Alabama. So, yeah, they're they're thrilled that this has uh, this has transpired the way it has. There's no doubt. So, what does year one look like for, for Kalen DeBoer? Obviously, we we got to figure out a lot more of Alabama's roster. They're going to have to hit that spring portal window hard, like you said. But you know, when you look at their schedule, when you think about what their their two deep is probably going to look like. What what is what does the first season look like in Tuscaloosa for him? Well, I mean, I think bare minimum the expectation from Alabama fans would be a ten and two playoff, and that that's a that's just an acceptable season. That's not a good season. That's an acceptable season. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be your your bare minimum expectations is that they go ten and two and make the college football playoffs, and then just making the playoffs is not going to be enough. They're going to want you to advance and. You know, that, that's the whole thing when you ask about, you know, what are expectations and how will he be viewed. I, I've never lived in the expanded playoff era. I don't know what an Alabama fan would feel about just making a 12-team playoff. Is that enough? Or I, I don't know. I mean, I've never, I've never lived through this. My, my gut tells me that that's a bare minimum for almost every year for an Alabama fan is just to make this 12-team playoff. And then, you know, anything above that, you know, then you start talking about, you know, how successful you were or unsuccessful you were, you know, if you don't advance. So that that's what my gut tells me. But, again, I've never lived through this, so I'm not entirely sure yet. And then the same kind of question for Auburn now, coming out of, you know, year one of Hugh Freeze. It feels like they're going to go with Peyton Thorne again unless something big happens in the spring window. What does Auburn look like next season? Well, I, I mean, I think, you know, fans expect the next step forward. I think they would be expecting a 9 or 10 win. Season. I don't know that Auburn fans expect 100% a playoff challenge, uh, but I do think, you know, a, an obvious step forward. And as you said, you know, Auburn fans were, I think, by and large, ready to move on from Peyton Thorne, and he decided to stick with Peyton Thorne. So I do think, you know, there's a little bit of pressure on there. If you start losing games because of poor quarterback play, that is a direct reflection of a coach's choice that did not work out. So, you know, I think, I think you know, some of it is not just the nine wins, but how do you get to the nine wins? Do you have an overcome bad quarterback play all the time? Um, it is a, it's, a, it's an interesting year, I think, for both coaches in this state because of obviously DeBoer being in his first year, but you know Hugh Freeze basically standing pat with uh, with with a quarterback that I think for a lot of Auburn fans underperformed most of the year. He had a couple good games, but other than that, they were very very limited quarterback spots. Why did Ron Roberts? Leave Auburn? That's a great question. I don't know. You know, that the defense now, look, uh, there's so much magnified on fourth and 31 and the defensive, you know, scheme they used on that play. It was dumb. Nobody's going to argue that. But, um, 
you know, by and large, that defense played pretty well this year. I mean, that defense saved them in a lot of games where the offense was not very good. Um, I don't know. I do not know the answer to that. I thought it was rather odd. They still have not totally replaced him. I mean, you've got uh, Charles Kelly in there, but he's listed as a co-defensive coordinator. A lot of people think he's just there for the recruiting aspect of it. Uh, and, you know, they're looking at Chris Kiffin. Uh, they're looking at DJ Durkin. So I think they'll, you know, they'll have an announcement very soon, but I thought it was an interesting move. I thought Ron Roberts was a guy, you know, when you looked at both coordinators, there was no doubt Philip Montgomery was going to take the fall, uh, for the offense. But Ron Roberts was a guy that by and large did a pretty good job. Ryan Brown of the next round joining us right now. You mentioned Harbaugh earlier. I want to get you, uh, your thoughts on, uh, on that. Not only Harbaugh, leaving Michigan with two different NCAA investigations in his wake, taking the Chargers job, and also what does Michigan do, or what do you think they do anyway, to replace him? Yeah, you know, the report I saw today mentioned also um, that he would be taking uh, Jesse Minter with him, the defensive coordinator, which, I mean, that's a really, really big loss to lose both Harbaugh and Minter because Minter had done a really, really good job this year. Um, I think the interesting thing is, do they go Sharon Moore, or do they see what else might be out there, see who is interested, see what names that, you know, pop up and, and are interested in taking that job? Um, you know, part of me, it's a really, really good job that is in a pretty good spot right now. They are losing a good bit, but it's the best Michigan has been in quite a while. I, I kind of want to see what's out there. I mean, I know that Brian Kelly rumor has been out there quite a while. If, if I could get Brian Kelly... I think I would take him over Sharon Moore, personally. He's a, he's a known commodity, and I might be able to keep Sharon Moore. So um, and I, I think it'll be interesting to see what Michigan does in that situation. If that were to come to pass, and you mentioned Brian Kelly there, you know, where does L- – I mean, the, the carousel – the jobs on this year's carousel have been incredible. If, if Michigan were to go to Brian Kelly, and I, I think they're just going to promote him with him, but if they did, where does LSU go? Well, I mean, you know, it's going to be the same names you see for, you know, all the Jimmy Sexton jobs. You know, you're going to get Lane Kiffin's name thrown in there. You're going to get, you know, some big-time names thrown in there. It's a big-time job. I mean, I I think the line, in a lot of ways, would start at the door because I think Brian Kelly has recruited pretty well there. I think fifth and seventh is last two years there recruiting. Um, so you appear to be in a pretty good spot roster-wise. People, listen, the last three coaches have won – National championships at LSU and two of those guys, you know, at times appear to be complete idiots. And it's a place where you can go win championships. So I I don't think you would have any trouble finding a head coach to take the uh, LSU job. Ryan, thanks so much for your time. Uh, You're you're too kind with it. And uh, keep up the good work over there, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, boys. Always good talking with you. Have a great night. You do the same. As Ryan Brown of the next round joining us in the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Such an interesting time to have his job with, with the Saban thing. I mean, uh, you know, you, when you're a media member, you don't. The biggest story of your life only probably comes once, right? He got it. This is, he's living it right now. So uh, I'm very. I'm. It, it's you. You. You said something when when Saban got when when he retired. You talked about how it's Alabama is too big to mess this up, buddy. I've lived through mediocre Alabama teams. All right, I've seen it happen. So they're not. And, you know, 
I don't I don't know why that is. I don't know why that. that but, but Texas is the same way. I mean, they've they've they yeah. haven't been foolproof. Michigan struggled until you know recently. Ohio State under John Cooper was just okay. You know, these big programs. It really does highlight the importance of coaching in college football. If you don't have the right coach, it doesn't really matter who your players are. You know, you can have a team full of four and five star guys, but if you can't, if you don't have the right coach in there, you don't win. If Auburn fans are expecting nine wins this season, I've got some bad news for them. That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. That that is a lofty expectation that is not going to get met. I bet my car on it right now. They're not winning nine games. It's not happening. Auburn is not Nine's going nine and three this year. It's not happening. My my car says that it's not happening. If anybody wants to take me up on that, your car for my car. Nobody wants your car. Anybody that's willing to Plus put up there, everybody, probably what you drove. everybody was like, "What a terrible car!" I know. I got vehicle shamed. It's all I could afford. Get off my back. But hey, I mean, you could turn around and sell it for something. They're not winning nine yeah. games, especially not with Peyton Thorne re- returning. Because I mean, they play Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that means they can only lose one other game. We'll take a look at that schedule when we come back. Because I'm curious how right we're, I'm going. We're to on be. that now. Yeah, Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Yes. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. A good question from Jake. I'm Borky. He's Hey Dad. Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi. He says, what is more likely to happen next year? Ole Miss loses one game or Alabama loses three? More likely to happen. Alabama. Mm. That's a good question. Alabama plays Georgia. They play Oklahoma. They still play LSU. They're at LSU. They're at Oklahoma. They're at Tennessee. They've got Missouri, Georgia at home, and they're at Wisconsin. Wisconsin doesn't concern me. They'll they'll beat Wisconsin. Um, Ole Miss only loses one? Ole Miss only loses one or Alabama loses three. Which one is more likely? Alabama loses three. That's I think I'm with you there. And look, we're not talking huge percentages here, right? It might be like a 5% chance of one and a 4% chance of the other. But it just feels like Ole Miss has continuity, right? They they have the, the, the core back. Yeah. They, have, they still have their coaching staff intact. It makes sense that they would be really good, whereas with Alabama, when you when everything's new, Things sometimes happen. Sometimes there's a, there's a there's a there's a transition. So I'll say that. Yeah. Here's that Auburn schedule, by the way. So they start with five 
consecutive home games. Which is not great scheduling, by the way, because that means you're backloaded with road I mean, games. You finish close, yeah. You finish hard, yeah. Here they are: Alabama, A and M, Cal, New Mexico. Not New Mexico State. They they got the right one this time. New Mexico. Well, they, they, they weren't gonna let that happen again. No, sir. Arkansas and Oklahoma. Those are their first five games. All of them at home. Then they go to Georgia. Okay. Then they have an off week. Then they go to Missouri. Then they go to Kentucky. They host Vanderbilt. They're off again. They host Louisiana Monroe. They host Texas A&M, and they go to Alabama. They are not going 9-3. 0% chance. Just playing it out here. 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, 4-0. give them Arkansas at home for now. Yeah, yeah. 4-1, 4-2, 4-3. 5-3. Five, five I'll give them Kentucky. Six and three, bowl eligible. Seven and three. <sighs> Maybe eight, they could go eight and four. I think eight and four is their ceiling. I I I, I just gave them every toss up. Yeah, you know I know I know that they, they will win their non conference games. They'll beat Vanderbilt. They'll beat uh, Arkansas. That's six. And then the two toss ups in there to me are Kentucky and A and M. And I gave them. I'll give them both to them. That's eight and four. Yeah. That's but that's the best case. They're not. I don't think they're beating Alabama. They're not beating, winning at Oklahoma. They're not winning at Missouri, and they're not winning at Georgia. And they're not at Oklahoma. But I don't think they're going to beat Oklahoma either. I mean, Kentucky's not easy. It. it no, they, it's not. None of those. Well, nobody's easy. It's the SEC. Right. But uh, not the not the most difficult schedule in the league for sure. Is but. It, uh, wouldn't it be funny, by the way? You know, because I don't think it's going to happen with Texas, but with Oklahoma, what if they come in and they're just completely not ready for the SEC, and they go like five and seven? I would be far more surprised if Texas comes in not ready than Oklahoma. Texas is ready; they'll be fine. They beat Alabama last year; they're fine. Oklahoma, true freshman, or I guess it'll be a redshirt freshman quarterback. You know. Play, played New in a bowl game and played well, but also turned it over a lot. Yeah, new offensive coordinators. I mean, I just I don't know. It, it could go wrong. It Here, could go wrong. Here's Oklahoma. They open. If I'm with, willing to say Alabama goes from Alabama goes from eleven and or twelve and one or whatever eleven and one to uh, nine and three, I can be willing to say that Oklahoma goes from ten and three to six and six. Can I? Yeah, especially with five, yeah. with this schedule. So. Temple, Houston, Tulane at home. Buddy, look at what Tulane's done in the portal. Now, Oklahoma's going to have a better roster, but you you can't not show up for that game if you're Oklahoma. That's one of those G5 games that you probably should consider not scheduling moving forward. Uh, And then Tennessee, so they, they open up with four straight home games. They have Tennessee, though, at home, certainly losable. They go to Auburn. I don't think they're going to lose. Certainly losable. Mm-hmm. But off week, Texas in the Cotton Bowl, South mm-hmm. Carolina at home. So Texas obviously losable. Sure. South Carolina at home at Ole Miss certainly losable. Very losable. I mean, you know, and and so much changes between now and then. But I bet you, uh, if right. an odds maker were setting an odd right now, Oklahoma would be the underdog Ole in Miss. that game. Ole Miss would be like a five and a half to six and a half point favorite in that game. They get Maine. Look out. Sorry to bring up old Watch wounds, out. But Watch out for that one. You never know. At Missouri, off week. No. 
Alabama at home, and they finish in Oof. Tiger Stadium. Could fit. So are the last four conference games are Ole Miss, Ole Miss, LSU, Alabama, and I missed one. So it's it at Ole Miss. It's at Ole Miss, Maine, at Missouri, Alabama, at LSU. Could very go one, very easily go one and four in that. Frankly, could they could lose them all. Go one and four. They can't. They'll beat Maine. You mean, I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm being a jerk. I'm sorry. I'll stop. I'm just, I'm just saying. I think, yeah. Could go one and four. We get this. But at the same time, I don't, think that, I don't think they can go uh, four and one, but they could go three and two. Certainly they could beat could. Ole Miss, Maine, and uh, not Alabama. Maybe LSU. Maybe. Because I don't know what LSU is going to be yet. Somebody says Auburn's schedule isn't the hardest. Uh, they have they'd have to upset Missouri or Oklahoma. They win one of those, and it could be nine. But I'm with you, Peyton Thorne. As an Auburn fan, scares the life out of me. I have no clue why they haven't portaled somebody else. It's baffling. It's not for lack of trying. Yeah, which would concern me even more, quite frankly. Surprised they didn't just make some sort of silly godfather offer to somebody. Even Will Rogers. Will Rogers is still in the portal, by the way. I, I would definitely call him if I was Hugh Freeze. Yeah. For sure. But if you're Will, I know I, I would rather have Rogers than Thorne on my team. But you've got to go in there and you do have to win a job. Do you think if you're if you're Rogers, you got one year left, do you really want to go ride the bench? For Hugh Freeze, of all people, when you could possibly more likely start elsewhere. You're not wrong. Where's he going to go to school? You're not. You're not. Where's he going to school right now? Right now? I don't know. That's a good question. Is it Washington? My guess is I might probably, but I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works. Got to stay eligible, though. Yeah, so he's got to go to school. Is he a gra- is he a graduate? Did he? Gra- I don't know if he's a graduate. But or you not. still have he to might. be in class, don't you? Yeah, but you can if you graduate, you can probably figure something out and, and get in like some grad classes, classes or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he's probably enrolled at Washington. Hmm. Interesting. Makes sense. Larry says Auburn should have beaten Alabama this year. Yes, they should should have could have would have. They also lost to New Mexico State. So. We, we have learned anything over the last decade. It's Richard's theory on this is correct. Egg, our Iron Bowl in Auburn, close, crazy game. Iron Bowl in Tuscaloosa, dominant Alabama win. We get this message. Texas is ready. Yeah, they got up to beat Alabama this year, but they struggled with medio- multiple mediocre Big 12 teams without looking at their schedule. I'll give them three losses, and they don't have. and don't they play at Michigan next year? They'll, they'll beat Michigan. Uh, Michigan's going to be a little down. But when you say they, they, they struggle to beat multiple mediocre uh, teams, I mean, what it, what was the score of the Georgia-South Carolina game? I mean, it was close, right? Yeah. You know, Georgia Georgia struggles sometimes against SEC opponents. They, 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 they struggled a little bit with Vanderbilt this past year. Ole Miss uh, beat Alabama. Vanderbilt by more than Georgia did. Yeah. Alabama, we just mentioned, against a, a mediocre Auburn team, had to win on the last play of the game. Georgia struggled with uh, Auburn. Yeah. I mean, it happens. It happens. So Texas schedule, they I, open I think, with... I was going to say, I, I, fans, by and large, in every sport, 
don't realize how hard it is to win. Yeah. It's hard to win. And how Even great when you're it is the, when by you far do. the better team. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier. Like even when you're the, the by far better team, you know, the thing with you look at the Ole Miss Georgia game, you're like, well, Georgia's just a lot better than Ole Miss, right? That game could have gone the other way. It could have gone the other way. Because you just don't ever know. When you when you take the field, you don't know for sure. Sometimes it's like ninety nine point nine 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 percent that you're gonna win. But that that percentage exists for just about everybody. Is Georgia going to lose to an FCS team? No. No, they aren't. But they could. They could. You could just go out there one night and Carson Beck trips all over himself, and the next thing you know, something weird happens. That's why we watch the games. 601-879-4395 is the text on it. we got one more segment with you. We'll keep on this when we come back. Sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Porky and Haydad with you one last time. Richard will be back tomorrow. Everything is okay. He did have to step out early. Glad you guys are with us. So we got this message. So hey, that definitely doesn't think the NFL is scripted, huh? I'll no, I don't. <laughs> I don't think that. Let, let's be honest here, because there are people that actually think that if the NFL were scripted, if it was, mm-hmm. the Cowboys would not lose that much. They would have already be. They would be playing this weekend. Mm-hmm. They would be playing this weekend, and over on the other side. I mean, the Jets haven't made the playoffs in how many years? Been a long time. I mean, the New York Jets, they are in New York. The Chargers, we were just talking about them, in L.A. I mean... The Bills would have beaten the Chiefs, frankly, because the Bills are doing huge numbers right now. Yeah, No team would go to six AFC championships in a row that are based in Kansas City. I can get behind keeping the Chiefs in for the script because you're making the money with with Taylor Swift. But at the same time, I mean, the Chiefs winning is not a weird thing. They've been to six AFC championship games in a row. (laughs) Simple as that. Simple as that. Texas' schedule, by the way. Colorado State at home at Michigan, UTSA at home, ULM at home, Mississippi State at home before their off week. Five and a. Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. Six and a. Georgia at home. My goodness, what a spectacle that's going to be! Oh, I can't wait for that game. That's going to be the one of the. I, what, 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 what day is that game? October nineteenth. Ah, State's at home. <laughs> we sick that day. I got a whole year to figure out how I'm going to cover games this year. A&M. State's playing A&M that day. Yeah. And Ole Miss is off. They're off, really? Yeah, yeah, I knew, I knew that, yeah. I, I need to get to where I'm memorizing the schedules. I haven't even started trying yet. yet the only reason I know, I, I know that one because there's a wedding that I'm not going to. Good. Out of principle, you shouldn't. 
Yeah. I mean, states at home. I'm not. I'm not going to a wedding anyway. After the Georgia game, uh, they are at Vanderbilt. Going to be a difficult environment for Vanderbilt that day. They, they need to practice in their facility with crowd noise for a home game that week. Uh, they're off. Then they have Florida at home. They're at Arkansas, Kentucky at home, and they're at A and M. That, my friends, is a pretty darn easy schedule for the SEC in this era with. Texas and Oklahoma and and all that. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll push for one of the, the... They'll push for the SEC championship. I'll just put it that way. There's a lot of... There's a lot of teams that sh- in the SEC that should be playoff teams. They're not all going to get there. And there's a lot of fan bases that expect playoffs, and they're not all going to get there. I mean, Georgia and Alabama and LSU and Tennessee and Ole Miss and Missouri and Texas A&M all have fan bases that think that their team is making the playoff this year. They are not all making the playoff this year. And a couple of them are going to be disappointed. Who would you vote if you had to vote right now? Of those teams I just listed, who's not making it? I think I've already said that in Missouri. I, I, I fear that they're a one-year kind of flash in the, plan, the pan. And if anybody says Ole Miss, well, I mean, Ole Miss has won 10 games plus two of the last three years. Yeah. So I feel like they're a little less flashy in the pan than, than they are. I mean, Ole Miss was probably second just because they just don't have the depth. Well, A&M the other would be my do. vote and also Tennessee. And, oh, oh, did you have, did you say it? Oh, A&M, absolutely not. They expect not. it. They expect no. it. Never mind. Never mind. A and M. No chance. Tennessee should be happy winning eight this year. Uh, I mean, they they can, yeah, I expect lots of things. Let's <laughs> try to be realistic here. Yeah, I expect a one hundred percent raise next time I ask for one. I don't think I'm going to get one though. <laughs> no. Hey, that's the art of negotiating. Go in high. Be willing to accept yeah, lower than what you go in on. It's like like, hey guys, I want half a mil. <laughs> You know, you know what the response is going to be? Worst You're fired. We're not negotiating. Yeah, that's out. People are like, you should say that. Say that. The worst they can say is no. No, it isn't. The worst <laughs> they can say is you're fired. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> we don't. We don't employ the mentally ill. Get out. Dwayne says uh, there's a wedding in December that you are invited to. I'm not invited, but Dwayne, I live closer, and you're inviting Hey Dad and not me. But I live closer than Hey Dad does to you. But everybody loves me. Come I'm on, very man. lovable. And I love weddings. I'm a big. I'm a. You can be my plus one. Yeah. You and I'll be up in there like Vaughn and Owen Wilson. <laughs> we're, we're Uncle Jim's kids. Yeah. Who? And Aunt Liz. <laughs> Uncle Jim. Uncle uh, Aunt Liz. Yeah. Exactly. But, but Aunt Liz died. She said she sends her love from from the grave. We become very spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Never heard of a Ouija board? We will talk a lot of hoops tomorrow. A couple of big basketball games for Ole Miss and for Mississippi State tomorrow. Very important games. We'll talk about that. Uh, there's going to be some portal movement. At least, usually, there there is. We'll talk about that and more with you tomorrow. For Richard Cross and Brian Hayden, I'm Michael Bork. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll see you tomorrow at 3. Y'all have a good one.
Owning a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.